This morning's revised readings are found from the book of Hebrews and John. The first reading is from Hebrews chapter 1, the first four verses. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the gospel. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Friends, do please be seated. Regardless of our uh, political orientation, it is interesting, I think, to reflect on some of the post-election rhetoric, uh, some lines from Boris Johnson's. I think this was a speech he gave directly after being uh, confirmed as uh, Prime Minister. He used the language of one nation government. Uh, He used the uh, language of a time for healing. 
and uh, he talked about uniting and leveling up, uh, particularly with the context of North and South, I think. Uh, strikingly conciliatory, uh, where so much of the political discourse had been uh, divisive. And I take it that we share those sentiments, even if we may be somewhat skeptical uh, as to the degree in which we're going to see it enacted. Nevertheless, we share the sentiments, and the rhetoric is striking for us as Christians because, of course, uh, that is precisely uh, the cause of our great joy in and celebration of the festival of Christmas. Christmas marks God's definitive move to establish a one-nation government. Uh, It marks his move to heal the ancient divide between us and God that stands behind all other divides uh, by uh, healing in us what it is that divides. And it marks his move to unite and level things up, things earthly with things heavenly. The eternal word of God, the divine son who has forever enjoyed the unity of the Godhead is sent to earth to reveal and to reestablish precisely that union out of which we were made and for which we were made. The relationship that he enjoys with the Father is what he comes to reestablish with his creation. Paul, uh, if you remember, summarizes it like this in the book of uh, Colossians. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that is Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Or, as the Anglican blessing puts it, Christ, by his incarnation, gathered into one things earthly and heavenly. How so? Well, of course, not in the way that the Roman Empire was establishing its so-called Pax Romana, Roman peace. Uh, That was established at the end of a sword and in the crushing of opposition. As one uh, Roman writer of the time lampooned it, they create a desert and call it peace. Now, this peace is one in the only way that lasting peace can be won, and that is through the winning of hearts and minds. Christ comes in his glory, full of grace and full of truth. He comes to win our hearts by his grace. He overcomes our hubris. He overcomes our desire to be God with a demonstration of his divine humility by becoming human. He overcomes our distance from him by drawing near to dwell amongst us. He overcomes our love of darkness by leaving the splendor of the heavens to shine and to illuminate our earth. He overcomes our foolish searching for the divine in created things by taking upon himself a created nature. The great early church writer on the incarnation, Athanasius, puts it like this. He deals with us as a good teacher with his pupils, coming down to our level and using simple means. We had turned from contemplation of God above and were looking for him in the opposite direction, down among created things. The Savior, the Word of God in his great love, took to himself a body 
and moved as man amongst us, meeting our senses, so to speak, halfway. He became himself an object for the senses, so that those who were seeking God in material things might apprehend the Father through the works that he, the Word of God, did in the body. And finally, he overcomes our slavery to sin and death by becoming sin for us and by subjecting himself to our death. It is, as Paul reminded us in Colossians, that death, uh, or in that death, that unity between God and us and us and one another is secured. Again, I love this quote. I think it's uh, Athanasius. How could he have called us if he had not been crucified? For it is only on the cross that a man dies with arms outstretched. Here again we see the fitness of his death and of those outstretched arms. It is that he might draw his ancient people with the one and the Gentiles with the other and join both together in himself. So his earthly displays of power win our awe, but it is his graciousness that wins our adoration. It's his grace that invites us and empowers us to leave the darkness and to come into his glorious light. He wins our hearts by his grace and he wins our minds by his truth. The divine word, John tells us, which spoke first at light into existence comes with power to illuminate darkened minds. The divine word which first stamped his image on us at creation comes now in power to renew it. The divine word which first commissioned Adam and Eve now comes to recommission us as faithful servants of God and stewards of the earth. The divine word, the divine son, dwells among us full of grace and truth. We have seen his glory, says John. That radiance that the writers of the Hebrews puts it, the radiance of God's glory. And we have seen it in the display of grace and truth. And it is this radiant glory that heals the soul. And it does so by displacing the lesser glories that we so often orbit around. The good news of Christmas is that God gives us such a sight of himself in a way that we can see. And more than that, in a way that we can taste and savor that we can delight in and that we can be satisfied in such that the lesser glories are displaced. And we begin to orbit around him. And it's this glory that unites us as brothers and sisters of every background, nation and tribe and tongue as we all joyfully orbit Christ and his glory rather than ourselves or rather than any created thing. This is the one nation government established, a people orbiting the radiant glory of Christ. And so a people healed as the recreating word renews his image in the power of his spirit. And so heaven and earth are united in Jesus who himself added an earthly nature to his humanly one. And in that we rejoice, even as we await the final leveling up of heaven and earth, 
when heaven with Christ shall come to earth when he returns. In all this, we rejoice that at Christmas, God made his first and definitive move to establish his one nation government that now sits upon the shoulders of Christ, who has brought healing to our souls through his blood shed on the cross, and unity as we all of us orbit Christ rather than self or created things. And in that we rejoice this Christmas day and by God's grace in the days and months and years ahead. Amen.